0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. We have a very exciting guest today, and a very very fun, like I'm really excited topic. So yes, I'm excited. Yeah, this is Nicole. So me and Andrea get to hear her story. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit.
1: Hi guys, my name is Nicole. Um, I live out here in the Bay Area in California. Um, I am a social worker by trade, school and social worker and um, have known I've had Turner syndrome since since birth as well. Um, And I just had a wonderful little baby um through ivf with my sister as my um egg donor and she is four months old now and um just wanted to share a little bit about my story since it was so hard to find other people who had been su- successful with them turner syndrome and going through this so that's why i'm here
0: my goodness that's so incredible okay so mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Andrea, but my first question is how did you start the process?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's a great question. Um, how did I start the process? Uh I got married <laughs> and then decided I wanted hard. kids. Yeah. Um, so I think for me it was actually kind of a it was a hard I don't know if, if it was a hard start. I think I had always wanted to adopt. Um, that was just always what was in my head Um, and my husband and I just kind of started talking about options and he wanted to start looking at um, IVF and um, I knew I was going to need an egg donor obviously and so I just kind of went to the reproductive endocrinologist um, to take a look at my uterus Um, and I had all this pre I'm sure that You know too, Brooke, since you've kind of been through a little bit of this. Um, But uh, first stop, just because I had done a lot of research, was a cardiologist uh, to take a look at my heart. That was number one. I wanted to make sure that my heart was healthy. I actually went to, I believe it was three different cardiologists (laughs) um, to get get cleared because I was so incredibly nervous (laughs) um, about it. And the interesting part of that was they actually found out that I had a uh, bicuspid valve um, when I went to the cardiologist. And like I said, I've known I've had Turner syndrome since birth and never found out that I had a bicuspid valve. I thought my heart was completely normal. Um, And it was really funny. My mom actually has the records from when I was about seven from the cardiologist that stated perfectly normal heart. So I was like, what the, (laughs) Um, but all three of, and of course that got me super duper nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is scary. Um, But all three cardiologists said, um, you know, you don't have any, the main concern is just the cohortation of the aorta. um, And I didn't have any of that. Um, And my valves, even though it was a bicuspid valve was working fine. Um, and was pumping and everything was good so I got the go-ahead from uh, cardiology Uh, so at that point after the cardiologist said okay uh, then I went to a reproductive endocrinologist at Kaiser and said this is what I want to do and yeah that's how we started
0: oh yeah yeah that's... I could I
1: could go more, but let me give you guys pieces.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh, I definitely know the cardiology struggle. Those MRIs yeah. are like.
1: Yeah, I know. It was. It was. It was hard, but it was worth it. They weren't bad.
0: <laughs> I me and Andrea talked about yeah. that, like the cardiac MRIs are just not fun. Oh god.
1: No. 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 I didn't They're know not. I had
2: anything wrong with. Um any like congenital heart defects or anything until I was about 30. And then wow. I, I found out at a convention, at one of the Turner syndrome conventions. So I can kind of relate to wow. that surprise. Cause yeah. I did, um, I just went in cause they were offering it um, mm-hmm. a free echo at the convention. And that's when they found my coarctation. And then when I came back and had mm-hmm. an MRI, they yeah. found another Wow, yes, I yeah,
0: mean, this is me. It just, it just reiterates to me. It is never not a good time to double check.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think for anybody with Turner syndrome that's that's um, thinking about doing it, I mean, obviously that's square one. That's where you need to start is just making sure that your heart is even going to be okay. Absolutely, because um, that's the number one concern, obviously.
0: Yeah, for, absolutely for women. That's it's such a big, important piece to that whole story. Before mm-hmm. you even look into a donor or mm-hmm. medicine or starting any of that, it,
1: it's mm-hmm.
0: it's not something to take lightly. The impact mm-hmm. that it could have on your heart.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I definitely, I definitely wasn't, and neither was my own husband. And we said the second that they said no, that you know, the answer was no. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> so after you got the go-ahead, um, how did you, with the different options that there are,
1: how did you uh-huh. guys
2: decide um, on IVF or how did you come to that as a decision for you?
1: So I think for us, what's interesting is that um, I'm in a bic- bicultural re- re- relationship. My husband is from um, India. And I think that... Um, For him, and I think also kind of for me, having a biracial child was kind of important. Um, And it was going to be really hard to adopt. And it was going to be really hard to make that happen in in any other way. (laughs) Um, And I think the farther along I got in the process of looking into this, and the doctors kept saying, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. The more I was like, really like you actually think I can get pregnant and carry a kid and they were like yeah we think you'll be fine I'm like okay you say so (laughs) but it's just interesting when you hear your entire life and you hear from so many doctors um how how hard it's going to be um to get that yes I was kind of baffled um and I talked to like I said I didn't only talk to three cardiologists. I also talked to, I think one, two, talk to three reproductive endocrinologists. <laughs> the first one I talked to was at Kaiser. She almost told me not to do it because she said that your uterus is small and your cervix is small. And I don't think I want you doing it. Uh, we can try putting you on hormones and see if that does anything. So uh, I was on hormones, just estrogen and progesterone, same hormones that we're always on uh for about six months and then i switched doctors and i went to stanford because it's the stanford name i thought maybe it'd be better i don't know um found a doctor at stanford they did some other uh did kind of the same testing and looked at my uh, uterus and looked at my cervix and he said it was perfectly fine he didn't know what the other doctor saw um he thought that she just had like a bad picture when she was going in there um so he wasn't nervous about it at all he said you're good to go
0: yeah. It's super encouraging, especially I don't know, it, the doctors I had talked to before ever looking at all of those other options, mm-hmm. you know, you you do get very used to hearing a yeah, that's not gonna happen for you. Right. And right. so then for that little change to well, what if we do IVF with egg donation to go, oh yeah, completely. It'll happen if you do that. That's, it's a big deal to go through that. Process, but just that switch is almost, it gave me a little bit of whiplash. Cause I'm like, okay, hold on, slow down. You're even going too fast for me. And this is the girl that like, yes, <laughs> I'm ready right now. I want to do this because I've always wanted those experiences. So that, that yeah. can be very jarring when they're like, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the
0: doctor is telling you, yeah, go for it. I even had my endo. She she kept asking, I think probably because I was so like obsessive with my hormones. She was like, so what are you thinking? Are you wanting to do this? She goes, you can do it if you want to. And I'm like, don't tempt me. <laughs> I see. I am just right there with you, but. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So what was the process? So after you did all of the medicine and talked to all of the doctors and everything, Mm -hmm. the process for starting, like, I super love that you had your sister as your egg donor.
1: Yeah. That's
0: so so sweet.
1: (laughs) So it was actually... So I'm very lucky. I have a sister who's nine years younger than me. So she was 27 at the time, which is like perfect age for egg donor. And I had actually always said, you know, growing up, I always knew every, you know, that idea always was like kind of in my head. Um, And i had always said, said no. I was like, no, that'll be too weird. Like, that's going to be like my husband and my sister's kid. Like, that's weird. (laughs) I don't know about it. Um, and then I think as we were getting further and further along in the process, and I actually started, like, I started looking for egg donors that weren't my my sister. And I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm like, okay, I want somebody Jewish. I want somebody under 5'3", because <laughs> I don't want my kid to be huge. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was like, but she's, like, she's there. Yeah. Like, why? And then all of a sudden I started thinking, well, why wouldn't I do this? Like, I have a sister who's willing. I have a sister who's young enough to, to, to do it. And I get it started to feel like, oh, my gosh, that really does feel like more of my I'm putting in quotes like more of my child. However, you have a child. It is. It is yours. Um, but it started. I was like, oh, my gosh, like that would. Actually, biologically, it'll be my parents' grandchild. It'll be my grandparents' great, great grandchild. It'll still be my sister, my husband's biological child. It's going to look as much like me as it could possibly get close to. Yeah. Um, so eventually, we just—I was like, okay, I guess that's where we're going—and somehow got over my my weirdness of it. As we got further al- further along in the process.
0: Yeah, I've had, I don't know about either of you two. Well, obviously your sister. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've had so many friends throughout my life. Every time I've kind of talked about and processed the infertility side of things with them, they've all been like, do you want mine? You can have mine. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I have to think for a second. Would yeah. this complicate our friendship too much? Yeah. <laughs> Even the doctor, the reproductive endocrinologist, because you know, I told him I was like, I've had like a million in one of my friends offer their eggs. Would that help the cost if I took them up on that? And he's like It did.
1: It, it didn't you know, help the cost.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's like, it would help the cost. You just have to be very intentional with that choice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think what was hard for me about it is that um, you know I had to watch her go through pain and watch her go through a a procedure that was all for me and it was so sweet of her and she did it selflessly Um, but you know I'm the older sister like I for me I was like second mom because she was like nine years younger than than me so it was just always I took care of her I never envisioned her doing something for me so I think that part was That was probably the hardest part, just, like, letting her give me this incredible gift. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm curious what your side of the medicine part of it was, because I know some of what could be expected, but I would Mm -hmm. love to hear your experiences with it.
1: So, my side of the medicine um, was I just had to – so, what you do is you take take estrogen pills, think – I'm like forgetting the whole process now. Um, but when you get your period, you call the doctors and you say, okay, I got my own period. Where, where ago as of such and such date? Um, so then what you do is you start to go in for checks about two weeks after you do estrogen. So I think, I think it was about two weeks. You go in and they start looking at the lining of your uterus um so they have to make sure the lining of your uterus is at least seven inches so they keep they keep on measuring it once um and they they know approximately it's going to take approximately three three weeks to get there um and then once it is at that point once they measure it and you're good and that's a big deal right because not everybody turner syndrome or not some people have have problems getting to that seven inch lining of your uterus. Um, So once you get to that point, then it is five days of progesterone injections um, that my, my, my husband gave me five days of progesterone injections in your butt. Um, And then you go in, you go into the doctor and they implant an embryo. And you wait for two weeks. And during those two weeks, you're still on on in progesterone in, in injections. So um, it's I actually was taking that until I was about 12 weeks pregnant. So it's a long, it's a long time that That's you're taking those wow. injections every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because what it is is once you get to that 12 weeks, then the placenta actually takes over giving your body the progesterone and the estrogen that it, okay. that, it that it needs which is really funny because having transition is the first time in my life that my body was actually producing any of that right so <laughs> but oh, yeah once you yeah, that it's really funny um, so once you get to that 12 weeks then the placenta kind of takes over takes over everything and you can stop the stop the shots
0: you're like um, why can't you do this normally <laughs> right
1: <laughs> yeah that was the that was the funny part really fascinating. I had no idea about that yeah yeah that's your side of the medicine is pretty I mean I won't call it easy, but you know we're so used to being poked and prodded it really for me taking a shot every day was not it wasn't that big of a deal.
0: I know that's the part I would probably have the hardest struggle with <laughs> yeah but I am yeah. really glad I never had to do like we me and my parents. Made the determination several times that we felt okay with me not taking the growth hormones. Mm. I don't know how I would have handled the the shots every day. Yes, Alan.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I uh, yeah, I still uh, remember taking them every every day when I was little girl. (laughs) Yeah, I took them six days a week. So
2: every day for six days, I had one day no shots. But I can take a shot.
1: I don't know that I'd like. Like a shot
2: in my butt though.
1: Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. it was fun. It was, <laughs> it wasn't fun, but, you know, worth it in the end to, to right. have so a baby. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was worth it. And, you know, that's just the, the normal thing. Everybody who goes through a IVF has to do that. So that's not even just a Turner syndrome thing. That's it. Right. Everyone going through IVF thing. Yeah. Okay, but, left, yeah, that's really
2: I interesting. I didn't know about how the placenta took over like that. Yeah, but yeah. One one time in my life where I could actually naturally produce the estrogen uh, uh, estri- <laughs> without, <laughs> yep, without the help. For me,
1: yes. the
0: biggest scary side of it besides the, the injections. <laughs> <laughs> I would have good motivation to deal with those. I could get through them.
1: Yes, but. Mm-hmm.
0: It the, the cost was so scary when yeah. I was first told about it. So I I don't want to put you on the spot to say no 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 anything. Just how did you handle that?
1: Uh good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think my husband and I just kind of said we're doing this and took out a loan. That's all we did. Um, you know, I would say that I'm fortunate. My husband and I both have pretty good, good jobs. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we couldn't afford just to pay it. Um, and I probably, you know, egg donor, I probably got about $25,000 off of it because I used my own sister. Um, but you know, still cost us a lot. It's definitely. Um, I would also say that if you're doing, I think I had a real desire to have an infant for me and I think if you go through public adoption I mean public private adoption it's going to be the same thing and that's the only way to really get in get an infant because public ado- I mean you could get an infant through 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 public adoption but it's going to be rough it's hard to to do yeah at, at least that's my understanding of it as I was looking into all of, all of the options
0: Yeah, it's foster care. So me and my husband are currently in the process of foster care and foster to adopt.
1: I saw that. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: That is the same. That's very much what I've learned. Um, And so you kind of are in this position of, well, if either one is gonna be about the same amount you're paying, where do you want to put your resources? Everywhere. Like what experiences are important to you? Yeah. And taking health into consideration um, yeah. also changes things.
1: And I think you, you have to be a real advocate for yourself. I think one of the things that I really advocated for, which is I, I think maybe as time goes on, we'll change. But my OBGYN was telling me that I could have a, a vaginal birth and my cardiologist were like oh you're fine you can have a, a vaginal birth and i was just like too scary like have you read the two percent death rate like you read the you read the journal articles online and it says two percent of women with turner syndrome die in childbirth or die while they're while they're pregnant and so that for me was my line i was like no i'm not gonna push out a baby like we're scheduling a c-section and <laughs> getting the getting the baby out but that was real you know I, th- I would say I definitely advocated for myself and read a lot and really pushed for what I wanted the whole time. Uh, yeah, And I think you can't go into it blind. You have to really know what you're doing.
2: Because you mentioned the 2% two, the two and I um, was told that as well when we were talking about um, with the um, local chapter at the time we were a chapter here in Kansas City. Um, we had a, a nurse come and speak and was talking to us and mentioned that and I was like well it's two percent for me to have even been born and I have another two percent survival to give birth so um that's not going to be happening and I when I found out about my co I'm like well that's just completely off the table so adoption is really my only um my only route because I probably I mean if I did carry a child a term I would probably have to have a cesarean um just for that fact too if I was able to do that and so um yeah I'm like I'm I'm not taking taking that risk of um a vaginal birth so Mm -hmm. and
1: I I think as we're just talking about it, I think fertility and Turner syndrome is such an individual, obviously it's such an individual choice and you have to figure out what's best, what's best for you. And I think it's going to change. Like I never thought I was going to, I was going to do this. And honestly, there's still part of me that's like, maybe I'll adopt a second child. Like I still kind of want to adopt. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Just because that thought has always, you know, like growing up, that thought was always in my head. Oh, I'm just going to adopt a kid. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting how, your opinion changes and everything that you say. But I guess I just want to give tell women that like it is possible because I don't think there's enough talk about that people come out of it healthy and you're fine. And I think there's so much talk of this can happen and that can happen and you know all of the that.
2: The
0: stuff and you can read online I mean it's like there's no possibility at all like it's almost if you even try it's a death sentence
1: yeah i mean how many other women have you guys talked to in your journey that have actually done IVF? so which are-
0: i've talked personally i've probably talked to a handful of women that mm-hmm. have gone through pregnancy so i've heard a few different stories it's always a well did you do anything differently than they tell the average pregnant person to do? Did, did you have to go, like, did they monitor you super closely? Like what did it actually change during the pregnancy for a woman that is like, well, I'm going to try. And I haven't heard too much on top of it's very individual. Somebody some people, um, their bodies are gonna react differently. Yeah.
1: And I'll say for for me, they did um they did echoes every three months while I was pregnant, just to make sure nothing was was changing. Um, I went to a high risk OB OBGYN. Other than that, I mean I think I probably had a few more ultrasounds than most women would would have. But yeah, my my pregnancy was super smooth. <laughs> which is weird, but it really was. What was harder for me, so I'm just going to share this because we're on a Turner Syndrome podcast. What's been harder for me is actually post, postpartum has been harder. And, um, like, I've, I've been really sick, like, since the baby was, was born. Everything went seamlessly through the pregnancy once baby came out. But I got mastitis from nursing, which that's not a Turner Syndrome thing. That can just happen. Um, but then on top of that, about three weeks later, I had some really bad gastrointestinal issues and arth- I got arthritis in my knees for some weird reason and a rash on my hand. And I was in the hospital again for like a week trying to figure out what was going on. They're still not a hundred percent sure. They think that I just got some weird stomach virus. And then I got, um, reactive arthritis on, on top of it. Um, but my unprovable theory is that you can't be on estrogen while you're nursing because baby can't get estrogen and it'll dry up your milk supply. So I haven't been on estrogen for four months. And we know that estrogen, like I said, the doctors are not saying that this is a crazy theory because we know that estrogen is very much connected to the immune system. That they do actually know. So my theory is that I'm not on estrogen and my immune system is super low and going absolutely haywire. Um, so I've been having to make a tough decision recently about, you know, transitioning to her, to formula and stopping breastfeeding and all that stuff. Cause I think that my body is just out of whack um, and I probably need to get, get it back on hormone.
0: That's some of, so I, I, went through the whole process. I mean, I got to the point of, they were like, yeah, let us know when you want to start. We can get you looking at donors. We can get medicine started. Let us know. And I'm like, I didn't have that much money yet, but thanks. Okay. (laughs) But the heart issue, I, I don't know, to some extent, I played these mind games with myself where I'm like, do I really have to be that concerned about it? My whole life, it's been fine. Like nothing's ever Mm -hmm. changed in that department for me. And I started thinking about the other ways it could impact you physically. Like one, even for a woman whose hormones are normally pretty even, mm-hmm. going through the transition of the hormone changes during pregnancy and then the hormone changes postpartum already can be a mm-hmm. huge roller coaster. Add a condition with hormone deficiency. And that just sounds like it would be setting you up to have it be even harder. And my immune system sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know the stress on my body may be fine on my heart, but my immune system may not (laughs) like it.
1: And I think that that's really interesting, because it's not something that was talked about at all oh yeah like nobody was talking about that nobody even put that idea into my head and like I said doctors haven't said anything this is an unprovable theory um but I don't think it's that crazy (laughs) and I'm hoping maybe in the future they'll do a little more research on it and be able to (laughs) to figure it out um because maybe the recommendation will be not to nurse or only nurse I mean I don't know when I was talking to the reproductive endocrinologist, I found a wonderful, if anybody wants to know, she's at Bios Fertility in St. In Louis. She did, um, I just randomly found her. She talked at one of the Turner Syndrome Conferences. Her name is Dr. Cooper. Um, and I just kind of used her as a consultant through this whole thing because she was in St. Saint, Saint Louis. Um, well, she's in St. Louis, Missouri? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's close to my neck of the woods. That's good too. Is know. it? Yeah, yes. she's amazing. She's like Turner syndrome reproductive endo- endocrinologist. God, um, I'm gonna have
2: to have you message me her information. I will know.
1: message you her, her yes. info. Um, and she she did say. I said, "What about nursing? How long?" And she did say, "You know, you're gonna have to see how your body feels." How your how your uh, mood is, how all of that stuff is, Um, and I think you know, for me, one of something that I said, and I don't know why I said this when I was a a little girl, I said, "Oh, I don't mind not being pregnant, but like I really want to nurse a baby." Now as I look back on it, okay, it's not like great, but despite it, like it's hard nursing a kid. Nobody ever tells you, like Turner syndrome or not, this is a really hard process. (laughs) But that was I believe that. Yeah, but that was one of my main reasons for doing it. So now it's been kind of kind of hard having to, you know, maybe wean her off, off and make that decision for myself. And no doctors can really tell you. So you're just, you know, making it for yourself. I kind yeah, of did that.
0: that I had that moment with, well, I probably have a couple of things I'd have that moment with, but for sure I had that moment with having a cycle where I was like, mm. I want one. And my mom's like, honey, you're not missing anything. I promise. And I'm like, but, but it's, a no- like, it's a normal experience, though. So. Yes. And she's like, yes, it is. So you're going to want it to go away as soon as you
1: can. <laughs> That's well, funny. Can Yes. Imagine. Similar thing. Similar thing. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah. <laughs> you might... You- You might get it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I did realize I wanted, I hadn't asked you yet if you're classic or mosaic.
1: I am classic as far as I know. I, they have tested me multiple times. I am XO on all of my karyotypes.
0: So what multiple times, what ways did they test you? Was it always a blood test?
1: So what's interesting is that, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just, it was just a blood test. When I was born, they said that I was classic. And then a couple years ago, actually nothing to do with IVF journey. I was just curious because I actually have really not that many symptoms. Um, I'm pretty fortunate, and so I've always thought in the back of my head, like maybe I'm a mosaic. Um, but they tested me again. They said, they said XO. Um, but what's interesting is that that St. Louis doctor, her theory about Turner syndrome is that everyone's a mosaic. I actually,
0: it. I've You're heard that about now. <laughs> right I watched the so I think I watched the video of her session at the Turner mm-hmm. conference it blew my mind
1: right and that's why I found her because I saw that and I was like that's the doctor I want that one that's who I need
0: <laughs> now I want to talk to her she was incredible
1: oh my god and she's like super personable and sweet and like yeah it
0: makes total sense to me
1: right the way she it does explained
0: it i 100% cuz i've i've had the same theory like me and my mom uh, they did the only testing they did until i was like 12 and a half 13 mm-hmm. was they tested the amniotic fluid around me and they told my parents most likely she's classic they'll confirm with a blood test but most likely she's classic And then I didn't get tested again until I was going to the endo and they were Mm. working on starting HRT and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she did an official karyotype. And so me and my mom were like, ooh, I wonder if it's going to say you're actually mosaic because I have such few things that are symptoms. Yeah. And I no, I was classic
1: who knows and nor does it really they like asked if they they can take blood from other parts of your body and like they can do and i'm like it doesn't matter like i am who i am
0: yeah either way we've got the symptoms we've got and that's what's going on with i
1: mean all i know is i never got a period so i didn't get a period until i was on on hrt so yeah probably i'm not ovulating (laughs) that's all i know
2: (laughs) yeah that's about what i knew i'm short and i don't have a (laughs) period (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but oh. it's funny, I was actually my pediatric endocrinologist. So I started, I was diagnosed in Texas, because I grew up mm. in Houston, Texas, and um, went to Texas Children's and was diagnosed there. And they said I was most likely mosaic. And so that's what I thought. And I actually honestly had very few symptoms. And then I didn't have record of my karyotype or anything, so um, when I started seeing my current um, endocrinologist, uh, so I had some documentation. I actually, I was like, "Can I get another karyotype done?" And that came back as uh, XO. So, my yeah. oh, interesting. But then when um, I was at the conference and I heard her talking, I'm like oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. So, yeah,
1: it does.
0: I've been tempted to be like, test my hair. Test my hair. Because it. when you think about it, what she said makes so much sense
1: to me. And like I said, in the end, I don't think it really matters. You have the symptoms that you have and whatever. If there's a X in one little part of your body that's not in the other little part of your body, then. Yeah okay yeah um, the thing that i would say that i that i learned that i just don't want to get off this podcast without telling because i know there's going to be moms and younger people um, and i don't know about you guys but they put me on birth control pills for my entire life since i was 15. and what i have learned through this process and through dr cooper over there is that birth control pills are actually awful for women with turner syndrome Especially if you want to get pregnant. Yeah,
2: they're,
1: they're terrible. They're terrible.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I've never... Um, so, I've had an experience with birth control. But I had always been prescribed um, estrogen. So, yeah. always estradiol yeah. and progesterone. And then a few years back, like I think in 2019, and this is probably related to my diabetes going out of control, Mm. um, my body just went all out of whack um, between my cycle and just my vision and everything was just Mm. out of whack. And um, because I was having a problem with my cycle stopping, I'm like, can I just once have my hormones regulated? I had several calls to my endocrinologist and he decided to try. He was like, okay, let's take you off the estrogen. Let's put you on birth control. I cannot tell you how sick that made me. It made me interesting, so sick. Yes.
1: That's interesting. I'm,
2: like, I'm stopping this immediately. I called him. I'm like, no.
1: After two weeks, I'm like, no, no. Because <laughs> wow. I can eat. I couldn't. I, I, nope. Wow. So I think for me, it wasn't that I had a bad reaction. I was fine on birth on birth control pills. What I learned from talking to some of the reproductive endocrinologists, when you get good ones on the phone, it's synthetic estrogen that's in those birth control pills. It's not real estradiol. So yeah. what they said was that does a great job in preventing like bone density and bone um, osteoporosis and all that stuff. But it doesn't do a good job of making sure that your uterus doesn't 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 shrink. Yeah, because and that's not very cons-
2: important. That's yes. Yeah. And so
1: that's one of the reasons that I think I had to be on hormones on just regular estrogen pills and progesterone for 6 for 6 months before they could actually even try to get me try to get me get me get me pregnant because we had to get my uterus bigger because I had been on birth control pills for so long. So, if there are any young women or moms out there don't do birth control, don't do birth control pills. I was on them for 15 years and it was definitely not a good decision. I should have just been on pure estrogen and progesterone pills. Yeah. And that's I, I've
2: told people I'm a pharmacy tech. And so oh, wow, like when when yeah. So when I'm talking to other girls and you know, when they, when they're um, taking birth control, I, I recommend, I'm like, Talk to your endocrinologist, see if you can switch. And this is why I'd recommend switching because it isn't, I mean, it it isn't the real estrogen. Like you're not getting what you probably should. I mean, it's enough to to do like for your bone and stuff like that, but it's just, it's not as healthy for your body.
1: Mm -mm. And my cycle was so messed up. Like I wasn't getting a consistent cycle or I was getting, like bleeding every two weeks like it was ridiculous mm-hmm. so
0: See, I had so I was I was the same I was on some form of birth control so like I I think I had at some point been on like there was three different birth generic birth controls I had been on throughout the journey of being on HRT and I had never had, I didn't have any issues with the first one. The second one made my stomach hurt. Like I knew one, I had been taking it since I was 12, like some kind of hormone since I was 12, I probably had switched to birth control to have both in one at like, 13, 13 and a half, when I started getting a cycle, because as soon as like my endo told me, as soon as you start your cycle, we're gonna get you off of this because it was um, Premarin and progesterone that they started me on. And- That's what I started too. Yeah, and Premarin is, I mean, I don't wanna be making any major claims, it-
2: I can tell you what it it is.
0: (laughs) It was what my grandmother was on when she got breast cancer. And so my mom heard that in the appointment and the doctor asked, is there any questions? And my mom's like, um, yes, that's that, that, that we have issues with. And so she said, we're going to switch her off of it. As soon as she starts having a cycle, that's all I want to use it for. We'll kickstart her with it and then change her. And my mom said, okay. So we let her know she switched me that whole time. I was on one type, they switched me and it made me sick to my stomach. Like I couldn't take it without my stomach hurting. I took it with something that had flavor, a drink with flavor. I took it with food. I knew how to take medicine. I'd been taking some kind of medicine my whole life. I knew how to take it. And I knew that that was not normal. And the doctor didn't listen to me when I went and said something acted like it was in my head and not that endo later down the line. Um, And come to find out, it was astronomical amounts of estrogen that I didn't need. And that's why it was hurting my stomach when Mm. I took it. But also, the form that you take it in matters for if it'll make it to your bones. Mm. And there was a major difference with the amount that was making it to my bones from that pill Versus what my current endo put me on, which is a patch, an estradiol patch, that uh, one, I love my current regimen. It's the patch and a progesterone pill. And That's what I'm
1: thinking about doing. You like that?
0: I love it. I've never felt better. I mean, might be TMI for some listening. My cycle has definitely changed in the bigger of an experience way. Got it. But.
1: No, but I that's good.
0: Like, yeah. I feel like my body is one accepting the form of the hormones. It's getting more naturally and my body is acting more naturally. And I talked yeah. to a naturopath and she actually mm. said, cause I was like, okay, I want to be on bioidentical, Like I want to see if that's even a good option for somebody with turners. And she said, Oh, these already are. And I'm like, really? Okay, maybe that's why I feel so much better because it's a truer form of estrogen that my body actually knows what to do with.
1: Interesting. My
2: endocrinologist, um, he first usually always um, recommends the patches. So when I first started seeing him, that's what he recommended with me. And I'm thinking about going back to that. Um, I had stopped it mostly just because, um, me, I was just like, I'd rather take a pill, but to be honest, the patch is probably best if you can do it because it, you absorb more of the estrogen and it's more like direct into your system and you get more. And so it is, I think, a better delivery, um, for the estrogen. And so I think like Brooke's experience, most, ten, most tend to, uh, at least the girls that I know that have been on the patch, um, their cycles have been so much more regular and bodies functioning just much more normally. And so um, I may talk to him about that and see. but. Um, yeah, I I recommend that too if it works because it really is, I think, the best mechanism delivery system we got.
1: Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm debating what I'm doing now that I have to go <laughs> back on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like you, Andre. I was like, I'd just kind of rather take a pill, but everyone's yeah. telling me the patch is better. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll try it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I
0: was nervous to try it again because I had tried it before. So. The reason I ended up switching generic birth controls and getting on that one that my that just hurt my stomach was I changed to an adult endocrinologist. My pediatric one had had me since I was so young that they let me keep her until I was 21. So nice. I was having adult questions with a pediatric doctor, but um, she when I switched I I got one that was like super up on the research super intrigued with the research and like we'll try anything you want I'm I'm game let's experiment so I'm like all right so she was like the patch and the pill is what I'm hearing is like a lot of people are having real success with I said okay let's try it and the I think the dosage on the patch was the issue the first time I had a lot Mm -hmm. of random spotting and I'm like, mm. something's off. And she's like, yeah, stop and go back to your regular. We'll reevaluate. We'll reevaluate the dosage and try it again. But we never got to do that before I moved. Mm. So I think the dosage was the issue the first time because this time has been amazing. Wow. So the dosage mm-hmm. on the patch can be important too. Don't give up if the first dosage doesn't seem Doesn't
1: perfect. work. Mm-hmm. Good to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm all, oh gosh. I feel like a whole episode could be dedicated to just like HRT. HRT forms of HRT and the difference in how your body reacts.
2: Yeah, yeah I I definitely think that has to be an episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I
2: There's a lot to it.
0: Yes. There is so much research I want done in that area because I feel like that's the biggest area that we need improvement in that seriously impacts our lives yeah it does like you Mm -hmm. feel night and day when you're on a good for you one and a not good for you
2: yeah oh yeah it makes a huge difference yeah and it's funny i i started with perimarin i took perimarin uh and progesterone for oh goodness i don't know quite a long time probably actually into college and then in college I started to realize, wait, when I realized what it was. And so as soon as I found an adult endocrinologist that I was comfortable with, I'm like, I'm going off pedestrian or perimarin. I'm like, I'm not taking perimarin. Um, it doesn't so I'm have like, the best track record. No, it doesn't. Mm-mm. Nope. I'm like, I need something else. So then that's when I I started Estradiol and started with the patch. And that definitely really, um, it did do the job. I think for me too, it was a matter of I haven't quite found the right dosage yet. But um, yeah, I'm probably going to be trying to see if I can go back to that debating. Um, I've been a little bit hesitant on regimen after my... (laughs) my situation that had happened and so um, it's going to be a work to to try and figure that back out and see if I need to change it because what I had been doing had actually been working pretty well but I just I was like yeah I'd rather take a pill but I think I might need to switch back and do the patch because that might work better
0: oh yeah I was all up for the patch it wouldn't be well I take that back I was all up for the schedule of the patch because Try getting me to remember to take a pill every day.
1: There's that. (laughs) I can relate to that. Yeah.
0: No, I felt, I mean, I felt really good on the primer and progesterone. I felt good, but just because of my family medical history, I know they would never recommend me going back on it. And I know I could never jump over that mental hurdle to risk it. Yeah. And those are serious things we have to consider.
2: Absolutely. I do have a a question. I'm just... Mm -hmm. Um, wondering because I don't I don't know how that works. So um, after uh, giving birth, was there any process since um, go it, since it was a donation from your sister? Any process as far as um, like, do you have to go through an adoption process or or? An-
1: oh, that's an interesting question. Um, no, you don't have to go through an, an adoption process at all. The only thing that we did have to do is we had to meet with the therapist um, and she had to meet with me individually, my sister individually, um, and just make sure that our re- relationship was good, that there was no coercion going on, um, and that this was just a gift. And um, yeah, and then we, we had to sign a lot of legal paperwork um, with my sister giving up like any rights to the eggs or any, yeah, any, any rights to any of the embryos. Um, but at that point, after this, that paperwork was was signed, um, which the IVF people should work you through, kind of help you through all of that, um, it was good. My name's on the birth certificate, is mother, my husband's his father, and as far as anybody knows, that's it.
2: That's um, great.
1: Yeah, and I've been really, like, pleasantly surprised at how like normal it feels. I, for, I forget. I think there was only a couple of times because she looks a lot like my sister, actually. Um, so there's been a couple of times that I've looked at her and have just weirded out is not the word, just remembered. Like yeah. sometimes I forget mm-hmm. that it wasn't my egg. Um, but there's definitely been a couple of times where I've looked at her and went, oh, well, like, she looks a lot like my sister. <laughs> um, but yeah, my sister's been fine. Like she's like, "Yay, I'm a great. I'm an I'm an auntie. Yay!" And that's just been it. Yay! <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. It's a blessing. It is a blessing. It is a blessing. I'm glad. In the end, I'm glad that we did it this way. But it's, it's definitely not an easy choice because of all the horror stories that you that you hear. Yeah.
2: Well, it's definitely you know. I don't, I wouldn't want to say sacrifice, but you know, it's, it's tough choices on, you know, for, for you and your husband and for your sister to make those sacrifices in a way and, Mm -hmm. um, to be, uh, giving and just to be a part of that. But that's really special too, at the same time, just to have that experience.
1: Yeah. And I would say, you know, speaking of my sister, my sister's calling, um, I think that who, whichever egg donor you get if it's especially if it's a known egg donor like you were saying brooke you you have to know your relationship with that yeah with that person um and if there was any kind of tension between me and my sister i don't think it would have worked at all um but because we're good and we've always had kind of a special relationship i think it, it worked out
0: uh, i think you know your relationships best and so when they tell you yeah. that you can kind of you personally can gauge like do you, one, do they know what they're saying when they say that because of yes. course somebody that loves you is going to i mean i had so many of my friends go i'll give you mine so Swe- i swear you can have them and mm-hmm. and i i don't i don't know if you can hold everybody accountable for they really do care and just want to help but maybe maybe diving deeper into what the process would look like would flesh out. Mm-hmm. Would that be the best option or not?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think for me also, as I'm thinking about it for my child too, I think one of the hardest things about being a donor child, and you know, you can hear a lot of donor sh- children's stories online, um, is not knowing. Same thing within a, within adopted child. Just not knowing your family history, not knowing where that came from. Um, So I think for me, that was a real plus. Like my child's never going to have to really question that. Um, She knows, (laughs) right? Like, yeah, this was the egg donor. We know your whole family history. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's (laughs) That's kind of, that's an interesting side of the conversation that, I mean, you talk about it with adoption. Right them needing to know that family history for, I mean, we could go into the mental health aspect of yeah. what it does <laughs> when they know and, you know, what not having that information can be like, but also the the very vital, important medical history.
1: Exactly. exactly. But you don't really
0: hear about that as much, or at least I haven't heard about that as much in the, like, IVF conversations of having that conversation with your child and sharing those details and sharing the medical information that they may need
1: yeah and i mean obviously you know that's not an option for not everybody has a has a has a sister so it's not going to be an option for yeah for for everyone obviously um but it's just part of the whole looking at all of your options and making making a decision and just knowing that You can become a mom, however that that happens for you with M. Turner syndrome. Never off the table. And I think that sometimes we feel that way. So there's so many ways. So, so many ways. thousand ways. Yes,
2: And that's one of the things that I've told Brooke, too, that, you know, when when I was younger, um, you know, I thought the only option would be adoption. um, Because IVF was so, like new and barely just kind of like coming forward and so when Mm -hmm. I was a little kid like we didn't know and so when my mom started talking to me about the infertility issue and she was talking to me about adoption and I just already had kind of had in my mind that that would probably be the route that I would go and for a long time I was actually okay with that and in some ways I am still (laughs) Um, I've always, I've always wanted to adopt, but um, my thing when it comes to um, childbirth is just, I have a very low pain tolerance <laughs> in general. And yeah. so I was like, when my, I was about five and a half years old when my mom started talking to me about infertility because she was pregnant with my brother and I was asking questions. Oh, and, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she, she started talking to me and presented adoption. And I was like, that just sounds really great to be able to give somebody that needs a home a home, to give a kid a home. And I I was looking at my pregnant mom and like,
1: I don't have to have the pain of childbirth. <laughs> and you know what's and- so interesting is that was such a conversation um, between me and my husband, actually, because I... and. I think that's something that we forget as women with Turner syndrome when we have partners. Um, I had my whole life to mourn this, not having a biological child, right? Like that was mm-hmm. I I accepted, it. it was fine. I was gonna adopt, it was gonna be all great. Like adoption's wonderful and beautiful, and like you said, you don't have to go through the pain, you don't have to have a big belly. Like you get handed a beautiful baby and it's right? in your arms and that's it, it's done. <laughs> But I think that, you know, when the reality hit and you have a partner and those conversations start happening and, yeah. you know, your partner isn't going to have had, you know, 30 years of their life to, to process this, to process it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely had to take a step back and take a breath and, you know, come to a decision as, as a couple of what was going to be the best thing and. Now we have another one. We have four four frozen embryos sitting there that we don't know what we're going to do with. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. This isn't, you know, we talk about, oh, what's the best decision for you? But part of that decision-making process is talking with your partner and going, mm-hmm. well, what are you comfortable with? Because like for me and my husband, I know if he had had any point said, I don't want to take that risk. Losing you isn't worth it. That would take it off the table for me. I would never want to put him in that position of he's uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And that's important. You know, that's an important conversation to be very honest about the risks and the, the reality of the situation. You know, I, I feel like there's a very good balance you can find.
1: Absolutely. I do not
0: talk to a geneticist that finds this balance, but there's a very good balance <laughs> you can find between yeah. flowery, it's such a beautiful experience though, and death sentence.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like I said, I won't I won't lie, I was a nervous wreck my whole pregnancy. Like I'm so thankful that everything I mean, my daughter's name is a charisma and that means miracle in am um, hindi and she's such a miracle baby and i don't i look at her and i don't even understand how she's even here like i'm just like this was never supposed to happen like this is insane i held you in my stomach and now you're here and you're four months old and this is crazy um and i think having the support of my husband through the process because he heard i had always heard the gloom and doom and he just went to these doctors and heard that, no, you can do it. Yeah. And so I think having him be there and say, but Nicole, did you hear what they said? Like, yeah. you're going to be fine. They're all saying you're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that helped me to kind of calm calm down.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and oh be gosh. okay taking, taking the risk.
0: <laughs> and God bless our husbands for the emotions
1: they go through with us absolutely absolutely that's a whole other podcast about when to tell when to tell significant others how to tell significant others their their reactions
0: yes that could be a whole other
2: oh
1: God. yeah maybe
0: yeah. theories
2: yeah <laughs> the podcast could, could probably be yes yeah absolutely but i i really am thankful that you know, there's those options, give us women choices, as well as our significant others, Um, you know, more options to decide, you know, how you want to have a family, and that there is, there is more than just one, um, like one path, you know, I am, you know, grateful for that advancement in uh, medical technology that gives us that option, because, you know, I, I know that it didn't seem like that was possible when I was a kid. And now that you actually, like, you get to see and hear those stories and your story being one, it just gives encouragement and hope, I think, for the younger girls coming up that there there are, um, it is possible that there now, are other
1: options too. Now they're even talking about, like, freezing Eggs at a really young age. I don't oh, know if yeah. you guys have heard about that. I'm yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. And there was there was something about ways of um like freezing part of your.
1: Yeah, I didn't quite understand urine urine. that. So Dr. Re- Cooper was was talking about that. That's why that was like going yeah. our mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh freezing part of your. Oh, it was. Was it part of your ovaries? Your ovaries, ovaries. Yes.
0: Creating? crazy yeah it's it's insane and i'm like well i'm past that but that's great
1: (laughs) i know i'm like that's amazing
0: what they can do and that's why i I always get so excited and i want to like push them to no do more figure out more do research because we are not we are not anywhere near the end in learning more
1: Mm -mm. and like i said my whole experience post postpartum too. And just, you know, how sick yeah. I've been, I'm so grateful to be feeling better, but yeah, I mean, that's a whole other research that needs to be done into all of that. And what does it really do to go? I mean, like you said, we go from having all this estrogen and progesterone in our body when we're pregnant to then there's nothing. Having now. none again. Yeah. Having none. It's not just like um putting normal in quotes, but like a typical woman who probably still has a, a little bit and all that stuff. So yeah mm-hmm. Anyways, more research more research yes thank you guys i'm glad i was able to be on share my story thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing mm-hmm. yes thank you for joining us and sharing of course of course thank you guys for having me anybody who wants to reach out and ask questions feel feel free i know i did that with the few people that i found who had who had done it and just kept asking questions um so I think that's the most important thing that thing that you can do, and everybody is just so much of of in in individual. And I'm so glad that what happened to me happened. And I think that everybody just needs to be careful and figure out what's best for them. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Keep
2: in touch.
0: Yeah. Keep thank talking. you so much. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. So nice meeting both of you. Yeah, nice to see you too. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.